Welcome back. You've tuned in to another episode of The Divine Lantern. We hope this week has been a good one for you. With the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower and enrich. I'm Jonathan from the Antiochian Christian Orthodox Youth of New South Wales, your host for this week's special episode. Today we start with the Epistle and Gospel reading from the Feast of the Pentecost, commonly referred to as the Birthday of the Church. We'll then delve deeper into the meaning of the Feast of the Church with a short summary. This will be followed by a reading from one of the Holy Fathers of the Church on the Feast of the Pentecost. We hope you enjoy the podcast. The reading from the Acts of the Holy Apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, Out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, This is really the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ is descended from David, and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was. So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then went back to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Are you led astray, you also? Have any of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, who do not know the law, are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our Lord judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search, and you will see that no prophet is to rise from Galilee. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you. 
Pentecost, named the birthday of the Church, is one of the greatest feasts of the Church. It occurs 50 days after Pascha, hence the name Pentecost, meaning 50th in Greek. The feast is always celebrated on a Sunday. In this great and joyous feast, we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the Apostles as they received the power from on high, and began to baptize, preach and teach the nations about the knowledge of the true God. In chapter 2 of the Acts of the Apostles, it is written that the Apostles gathered together in the house on the day of Pentecost, which was initially a Jewish feast celebrating the Lord's bestowing of the Ten Commandments to the prophet Moses on Mount Sinai. The scripture passage reads, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. The holy apostles speaking in various tongues were understood by the crowds in Jerusalem, who were of mixed nationalities and spoke different languages. They were amazed at this miracle before them, until the apostle Peter exclaimed that this event was the fulfilling of the prophecy spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. After this, thousands of people were added to the number of believers, and the church continued to grow. The time of salvation has begun, and the people of all nations, tribes, and tongues would be accepted into the fold of Christ, who has prepared the world to receive him in times past. Before his death and resurrection, Christ promised his disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to them. And now during Pentecost he appears, and the apostles have been enlightened with the knowledge of the true God, the Trinity. Pentecost is significant for us Orthodox Christians for many reasons. 
First, it is considered the birthday of the church or the founding of the church, which is the body of Christ. We celebrate the coming into existence of the church, which is our only means of knowing God. The church is a manifestation of God's kingdom on earth, and it is through Pentecost that this kingdom has been opened to all. Secondly, we celebrate the revelation of the Holy Trinity. With the Holy Spirit's coming into humanity, the Godhead has been revealed in three persons. We express gratitude to the Lord in our hymns for the feast, for revealing himself to his humble creation. Finally, it is through Pentecost that the world has been enlivened, and human beings have acquired the ability to become sons and daughters of God through adoption. Following the descent of the Spirit, the Apostles acquired divine authority to preach and baptize the nations in the name of the Trinity, thus granting all humanity to know the truth. Whereas before Christ's coming, a majority of the world lived in sin and in darkness of idolatry. Furthermore, the nations of the earth were confused and divided after their arrogant pursuit of building the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament. Yet during Pentecost, the nations were united through the Holy Spirit and the speaking of tongues. Pentecost is considered the inauguration of the last days. It is a day of fulfillment and revelation, as the Church currently lives through its final days before the second coming of Christ. Pentecost, like all great feasts, is celebrated with the combination of Vespers, Matins and Liturgy, traditionally combined in a vigil service. The feastal colour is green, which adorns the priest's vestments, as green symbolises life, which the Holy Spirit pours out abundantly. Therefore, churches are decorated with greenery, and people customarily hold flowers. The hymns of the service remind the faithful of the great and mystical nature of the feast. The service begins with this hymn, Let us celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the appointed day of the promise and the fulfilment of hope, the mystery which is as great as it is precious. Other hymns mention the gifts and activity of the Holy Spirit, who provides all, overflows with prophecy, fulfills the priesthood has taught wisdom to illiterates, has revealed fishermen as theologians, and brings together the whole council of the church. The great Prochemion of the Vespers, a powerful hymn, professes, Who is so great a God as our God? And after a while the faithful kneel reverently, as the celebrating priest reads lengthy and special prayers expressing our repentance, asking the Holy Spirit to help us in our spiritual advance to God during our earthly lives and finally to remember those who have departed before us, yet are united with us spiritually. After the celebration of Pentecost, we enter the ordinary time of the church calendar. As with all great feasts, it is essential to prepare ourselves for Pentecost by living a repentant Christian life. Without repentance, we cannot participate in the divine truth of the feast. Also important is our attendance at the services for Pentecost, yet, while there, we must bring to mind the significance of being a member of God's kingdom and prayerfully entreat the Lord that we may be granted the gifts of repentance, self-knowledge and enlightenment. Holy Pentecost is a powerful presence among the great feasts of the Church. It celebrates the revelation of God to humanity as Trinity and the beginning of salvation as the nations are baptised in His name. Pentecost anticipates the coming age, the eternal kingdom of Christ, and calls us faithful to remain awake and vigilant, striving to become worthy to partake of his kingdom. Who is so
from our Orthodox Library. Pentecost Sermon by St. John Chrysostom Let us spiritually extol the grace of the Holy Spirit in spiritual hymns, since spiritual grace has on this day shone upon us from heaven. Though our words are too weak to express adequately the greatness of this grace, we shall praise its power and activity to the extent of our abilities, for the Holy Spirit probes all things, even the depths of divinity. We are celebrating the day of Pentecost, the day of the descent of the Holy Spirit to the Apostles, the day of the hope of perfection, the end of expectation, the longing for salvation, the fulfillment of prayer and the image of patience. Today, the Spirit who acted to scatter the nations in the time of Heber has formed tongues of fire among the apostles. His action of old led to the confusion of the nations in order to restrain the will of man from its brazenness and consequent chastisement. On this occasion, however, amidst fiery tongues, the deeds wrought by the activity of the Holy Spirit serve to preserve us as recipients of preaching in fulfillment of the will of God. In the beginning, the Spirit of God moved over the water, and later, in the time of Christ, the same Holy Spirit of God rested upon him. Then he moved, and now he rested, as being one in essence, equal in honour, ever-existent and unoriginate, together with the Father and the Son. He who by the flight of a dove over the waters of the flood heralded fair weather to Noah, the same Holy Spirit, by the side of a dove at the waters of the Jordan, showed the world the sonship of him who was baptized. Moreover, the Lord had a terrifying answer for those who dared to utter blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. 
Whoever speaks blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. David, declaring his desire for this Holy Spirit, prayed to God, saying, Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. As is well known, where he is absent, every sort of corruption sets in. Thus the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit entered into him. Wherefore David said, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. This same Holy Spirit sanctified the prophets, instructed the apostles, and empowered the martyrs. This same Holy Spirit consecrated Isaiah, taught Ezekiel, and revealed the resurrection of the dead. As he says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord. This same Holy Spirit chose Jeremiah from his mother's womb, and raised up Daniel to deliver Susanna. As it is written, God raised up by the Holy Spirit a young youth whose name was Daniel. David so loved the presence of this same Holy Spirit that he prayed to God, saying, Thy Holy Spirit shall lead me in the land of uprightness. This same Holy Spirit of God came to dwell in the Holy Virgin Mary, embracing her with the communion of the Divine Word at the good pleasure of the Father and making her the Theotokos. Elizabeth, being filled with this same Holy Spirit, understood that the Lord had come to her by means of the Virgin, wherefore she said, And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Zechariah, the father of John, was filled with the same Holy Spirit, whereby he declared that the son born to him would be the prophet and forerunner of the king who was to come. John himself was also filled with the same Holy Spirit. The eyes of his intellect were given light, and he beheld the heavens open, and the Holy Spirit hovering over him who was being baptized, him who baptized with the Spirit and fire. By the action of the same Holy Spirit, the Lord himself, when he was giving his apostles his teaching in detail, and strengthening their minds for the time of his passion, said to them, If I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. Moreover, revealing to them the Spirit's consubstantial power, he said, When the Holy Spirit is come, which proceedeth from the Father, he will guide you into all truth. The holy apostles waited expectantly for the coming of the power of this same Holy Spirit. They waited together to be clothed with power from on high, according to the commandment of the Lord, who had said, Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. For behold, I shall send the promise of my Father upon you. And, as it is written, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, all the holy apostles were assembled with one accord in one place, and the paraclete was sent to them under the appearance of tongues of fire. Having received the abundant promise of the Father and the Holy Spirit, they were strengthened, and they manifested him who was sent to them, his grace and his power. The martyr and protodeacon Stephen, filled with the same Holy Spirit, whom he received by the laying on of hands of the apostles, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Being full of the Holy Spirit, he saw the doors of heaven opened and the only begotten Son and Word of God standing in the flesh at the right hand of the power of God. Filled with this same Holy Spirit, Paul became the preacher of divine mysteries. As Ananias said to him, The Lord, even the Saviour, hath sent me to thee, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul afterwards said with assurance, And I think also that I have the Spirit of God. The same Holy Spirit came to Cornelius and those that were to be baptized with him, and each of them spoke in his own tongue and magnified God. 
This same Holy Spirit came upon the Ethiopian eunuch after he went down into the water of baptism, and he was filled with joy, and he went on his way rejoicing. This is the same Holy Spirit who preached by the prophets, who gave understanding to the apostles, who spoke to men. He was given to them by the Lord, and all their adversaries were not able to gainsay or resist him. For as the Lord said, It is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. This Holy Spirit also ordains priests, consecrates churches, purifies altars, perfects sacrifices, and cleanses people of their sins. This Holy Spirit abides with the godly, refines the righteous, and guides kings. This same Holy Spirit preserved the soul of Simeon, lengthening the time of his life and reversing the rules of death, until the day which he beheld him who is the Redeemer of life and death. For he had been promised unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It was the same Holy Spirit who gave strength to Elijah and whose power Elisha desired when he asked of Elijah, Let there be, I pray thee, a double portion of thy spirit upon me. This Holy Spirit enlightens souls and sanctifies bodies. It was the same Holy Spirit who descended upon the apostles and filled them with divine wisdom. Having received his gifts, they were all filled with the knowledge of God, not only were they given divine knowledge, but also spiritual gifts. Simon Magus, being a stranger to the Holy Spirit, fell to his perdition. As Peter said to Simon, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast desired to purchase the priceless grace of the Holy Spirit with money. Therefore, beloved, let us strive to keep our bodies uncorrupted, for one who has acquired a new body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit, has become a true victor over the devil. What the Spirit of God has said, may it be done unto me. Moreover, Joseph, strengthened by this same Holy Spirit, desired not that his body be defiled by the vile deeds of this life, for he knew that the Spirit does not abide in a body that has commerce with sin. Therefore he attained a royal rank. This spirit enlightened Bezalel, so that he fashioned the tabernacle with all beauty and skill. Joshua the son of Nun, possessing the same spirit, became a faithful heir to Moses and obtained the inheritance of the promised land for his people. As God said to Moses, Take to thyself Joshua the son of Nun, a man who has the Spirit of God in him. This is the Spirit of whom the Lord, when he breathed upon his disciples after his resurrection from the dead on the third day, said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And again it is the same Spirit who has vouchsafed to give eternal life to the faithful after the general resurrection from the dead. As it is written, Thou wilt send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Many are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many and all-powerful are his gifts. As it says in a certain place, By the word of the Lord were the heavens established, and all the might of them by the Spirit of his mouth. And Isaiah says, The Spirit of God shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and godliness. And Paul adds, The Spirit of adoption and of grace. He who is equally ever-existent and equally unoriginate, and who shares the throne and the honour of God, his Son and Word, called this Spirit the Spirit who is our Comforter. David calls him the Holy Spirit, since the Holy Spirit is sent by holiness, the Governing Spirit, since he has dominion over all, because all things came from him and are kept in existence by him, and the Good Spirit, since salvation and all kinds of goodness are from him. 
And what does Isaiah call him? The Spirit of God, because he proceeds from God the Father. Thus does God himself speak of the Spirit of God as proceeding, in the words which proceedeth from the Father. Isaiah further calls him the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, because all wisdom and good understanding have been given through him, and the Spirit of counsel and strength, because he is able to bring to pass that which is desired, and also the Spirit of knowledge and godliness. Ezekiel, a man of the Spirit, says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. He is one in essence, one in principle, and one in counsel with the Father and the Son. Wouldst thou believe? Listen to what the Scriptures say of him. When he prepared the heaven, I was present with him. The prophet further says, The Lord and his Spirit hath sent me. Lest anyone think from what was said that this new spirit would come from any creatures living or yet to come, or from any other person, he says, And I will put my spirit in you, inasmuch as he said, A new spirit. In the Acts of the Holy Apostles, this was expressed in commandments. The Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And again, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, even as it had been said, I will put my spirit in you. Would you demonstrate that this was indeed his coming, as was foretold in parables, and that it was his grace acting upon the holy apostles? Will you believe what was said? Listen to St. John the Evangelist, who says, The Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Paul called this spirit the spirit of adoption and the spirit of grace, inasmuch as in the waters of the baptismal font, men are born again of water and the spirit, and we receive the adoption of sons. In the same way, the Lord said to Nicodemus, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Thus the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Sonship and the Spirit of Grace. For grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, for those who have been born by the power of God. Moreover, the Spirit is called the Comforter, because he is also our advocate with the Father. And not only is he with the Father, but he is always with us also as a gift. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Comforting your hearts and making them steadfast in divine patience and trust in Christ. Whereas the holy apostles received this testament after Christ's holy rising from the dead, and were sent forth to teach and to baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And whereas we have already been vouchsafed this true washing by the Holy Spirit, let us strive to keep our souls and our bodies undefiled as we glorify the most holy and consubstantial Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of ages. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in to another installment of The Divine Lantern. We hope you like what you heard, so please subscribe on your favourite podcast provider and share it with your family and friends. In the coming weeks, the Archdiocese will be holding a service for the Nativity of St. John the Baptist on June 23rd at 7pm 
at St. John the Baptist Antiochian Orthodox Church in Croydon Park. For more details on this or any other upcoming events, please visit antiochian.org.au. Have a lovely week. Thank you.